0: Hi friends, welcome to Now and Zen. I'm Dr. Amy. I created this podcast to inspire and empower you to live your best life. I'm the author of The Rewilding of Women. I'm also an educator, fellow trauma survivor, and my passion is to help others on their spiritual and trauma healing journey. I'm also a true, no bullshit, spiritual gangster. My goal is to add a dash of sunshine to your day. If you're happy, I'm happy. I'm not a psychologist or medical doctor. I don't offer any professional medical or health advice. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified professional. Let's get started. In episode one, we talked about the number one deathbed regret people express before leaving this life. It is, I wish I had lived a life true to myself, not what others wanted or expected me to do. Well, let me just start by saying, the, 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 cannot emphasize enough, best way to not have that regret is to know what your inner why is. Your inner why is also what we are going to refer to as your inner truth. And looking back on this podcast, I really should have done this as the first episode. Knowing your inner truth and who you really are is the foundation of everything we do. So I'm glad we're at least covering it in episode 3. And I'm really glad you're here. I can definitely say it is totally understandable why most of us can end up with this exact deathbed regret. Feeling that we weren't true to ourselves. Because throughout our lives, society teaches us that we are what we do. And we're going to discuss the science behind we as humans do this, because we get scientific in these episodes. We also discover early on in life through socialization and the opinions of others that can restrict us to certain roles that can be highly limited and actually pour water on our ability and fire inside of us to even discuss discover what our inner truth is. So, when it comes to other people's opinions, you know how the saying goes. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. But oh god, no pun intended, the only asshole we really need is the one we have. Yikes. I'm an idiot sometimes. Anywho, this episode is all about you in a big way. In our time together today, we're gonna light some fires in your soul. We're gonna tear down some walls. Actually, we're gonna blow those motherfuckers up. You're gonna get in touch with your inner why and how to use it mindfully each day so you can live your life in a more authentic and joyful way by being true to you guessed it yourself. Society actually encourages and socializes us to focus on identifying who we are with what we do. Our parents do this, and we do this as parents, often without even realizing it. Shoot, we even do this to those we love and care about the most. We are taught this is one way to actually show we care. Our parents wanted the best for us. You know, get potty trained, graduate from high school and or college, get that job that pays the bills. So we are stable and okay. Our well-meaning socialization is meant to help us and it is scientific, which I'll go into in just a moment, but it's also something we do from a place of love. However, It fits us into the boxes of the systems and jobs within society that may not necessarily light that fire in our soul. In chapter 10 in my book, The Rewilding, I wrote a section called Burn the Box. There are many boxes that society uses to define us. It is easy to put people and even ourselves in these boxes. Our brains are hardwired to categorize people in order to understand each other better. So we're often defined by our outward selves, the side of us that we present to the world. Rarely, especially in Western culture, are we defined by our inner, true selves. Let's get down to the science of why we use these boxes to better understand each other. Oh, sorry guys, that's my chair. I swear I did not fart. I really need to get a different chair. So our brain innately practices social categorization or SC, aka also known as putting each other in boxes to help us to get to know and relate to other people. Again, there is that cave person brain. Anything at all that has to do with our amygdala, also referred to as our lizard brain, that allows us to feel fear for survival. Can largely hold us back in today's world and society. We have evolved from living in caves to living in society today, but our amygdala in our brain still functions the same way it did when we were still living in caves. We have some outdated functions, but we absolutely have the capacity and awareness to realize when our brain is performing on 500 BCE mode. According to the National Center for Biotechnology Information.gov, Social categorization is a universal mechanism for making sense of a vast social world with roots in perceptual, conceptual, and social systems. These systems emerge strikingly early in life and undergo important developmental changes across our childhood. The development of social categorization entails identifying which ways of classifying people are culturally meaningful. How these categories might be used to predict, explain, and evaluate the behavior of other people and how one's identity relates to these systems of categorization and representation. <gasps> oh, That was a big quote. Categorization is central to our human cognition or ways of knowing across all domains of our experience. As many cognitive sciences. Scientists have noted the capacity for generalization and inductive reasoning, or just trying to understand others, is critical for our survival, as it allows an individual to reason about something new by drawing on our past experiences or knowledge. For example, we process new information based upon our past knowledge and experiences. Your past experiences will determine your future choices. Your past experiences will... With other people's dogs may influence your comfort around dogs. I recently got food poisoning from one of my favorite go-to foods. I will probably never eat it again. Maybe you had a night where you had too much mad dog. <laughs> I don't know if you remember mad dog. <laughs> or boons, or, oh gosh, what's another one? Anytime with tequila, right? And you never want to try that again. Our cave person brain sends these reminders of past experiences to keep us safe. We have been conditioned our entire lives to get to know others by the roles they have in society, and thus the boxes we understand to fit them in. It is important to recognize that social categorization has evolved to help us act As a survival mechanism. And it doesn't need to form the entire basis of our understanding of ourselves or others. Because remember, our brain's social categorization is basic at best. It's basic. Not the brightest crayon in the box. You know, the elevator is running but doesn't go to the top floor. The problem with boxes is it is impossible to really get to know someone when we label them. When we are put into a box, we are part of the rank and file system in society. Regardless of whether it is a positive or negative box, when we're put into those boxes, we are judged and we're labeled. We are, my friends, far more than our boxes. I invite you to take your box. Set it on fire and watch it burn. Your inner why is going to be your metaphorical match. Burn, baby, burn. So what is our inner why? It is important to learn because our true sense of our inner why goes far deeper than our cave person, social categorization, survival instincts. We are so much more than what we fucking do. So much of what we learn in life to be happy can often require a bit of unlearning. What we have been taught in regards to how we should think and behave, it's okay to evaluate a lot of that and do some of that unlearning. Whether we realize it or not, We all have an inner why that, when we tune into it, can help energize, motivate, and guide us through life in an authentic and joyful way. Our inner why is our inner truth, also called Satnam. And when we tap into it, we also tap into more joy in life. Many Eastern cultures around the world have a word for their true inner purpose, their true inner why. But ironically enough, we really don't in most Western. Cultures. For example, this is one of my favorites. The Japanese refer to your inner truth as your iki-ai. Satnam, one of the most commonly used mantras in Kundalini yoga, is the ancient Sikh language. Sat means truth, nam means name. Together, Satnam translates into something deeper. I am truth. Or, truth is my essence. Your inner truth is unique unto you, just like your fingerprints are unique. Before we dive into discovering your inner why, I'd love to share a prime example of how we get to know each other using that amygdala, that social categorization, especially when we first meet someone just so you can notice how this works the next time you experience it. You know friends, we are so conditioned to identify with what we do in life that one of the first questions we often ask when we meet each other is, what do you do? I realize this question may not bother most people. It's so common, right? But I'm weird, and I always notice it for what it is. It is a social categorization question, and just the way our brain works to try and understand someone new. It's just our way of getting to know someone, categorically speaking. When I was spending time in Europe in my early 20s, I asked this question right away of everyone I met. It was my first time overseas. I was really not that sophisticated (laughs) by any means. I was also very young and a bit inexperienced with life at that time. One gentleman named Hans, let's just call him Hot Hans, Hottie Hans, bluntly told me, You Americans always ask this question, but it can be considered quite rude. Then Hottie Hans went on a rant about you Americans and your ice or some shit like that. (laughs) He at least pointed out that I could use another approach. I was at the time, as I mentioned, a young girl, I guess, you know, exotic mutt from Green River, Wyoming, who had fresh ink on her passport, and I was just getting out into the world. So maybe I was new to the world, and maybe I was a bit of a girl using my cave person brain. Anyways, Hottie Hans, hope you're doing well. To my point, here's where I want to mention one of the most incredible reasons why I love my fellow motorcycle riding community. If you've listened to the first few episodes of the podcast, you know that I am a die-hard Harley-Davidson rider. And I'm a part of an amazing city, state, national, international motorcycle rider sisterhood and community. It's just an incredible community to be a part of. When I'm with my friends who ride, the last thing we talk about is work or what we do. Like birds of a feather, we flock together and we all ride and share that commonality. We're having a blast and we'll do anything to help one another. We spend our time talking a lot about the roads we've traveled and the roads untraveled that we long to go on an adventure on. We talk non-stop about our bikes and the bikes we want. It's just amazing. You can show up alone to an all-women's motorcycle event where hundreds of women are gathered for a weekend, like Babes Ride Out in Santa Barbara, California. I love that one. We are all instantly welcoming to one another. If you show up to an event alone on your motorcycle, I can almost promise you that you will leave with lifelong friends. To all of my dear friends that ride, have I mentioned that I love all of your wind-chapped asses? For years, while I worked toward getting my doctorate degree, I automatically assumed I would become a member of the Call Me Doctor So-and-So Club. And that earning my doc was my inner why. Who was I wrong? I was surprised when that did not happen. I'm sharing this with you because I was actually shocked when I was not able to associate my ego with getting my doctorate done. Before my book, The Rewilding, was released, most of my friends and acquaintances had no idea I even have this excessive amount of letters after my name from an excessive amount of grad school. I just love to study. I love research. I love brain science. I love to learn. So I kept going and going and going and going (laughs) now i can't even read an academic article it almost kills me i wish i could have just been like that you know academic personality and just that i've never equated my self-worth nor my ego to the letters after my name for many reasons, but mainly because, let's be real, and I'm not going to lie to myself about this. Real talk. No one has or ever will read my dissertation. So the bottom line is my academic writing has not. And most likely will not make a difference in people's lives. Like most academic articles, it will be forever housed in an electronic database that requires you to pay money to access. And again, real talk. Why would you pay for that? When is the last time any of us read an academic article for pleasure? And no one outside of higher education reads these articles or dissertations. Those in higher ed only read them for work. Maybe. Just maybe a grad student may pull a quote from my dissertation, but that's it. And according to Smithsonian Magazine, there's less than a 10% chance of that even happening. Much of my previous academic research is dead. It's dead knowledge. Dusty, dead words that will never be read. Ooh dead and never read i'm a poet and i didn't even know it but real talk continued academics work incredibly hard to publish their research again according to smithsonian magazine there are a lot of scientific papers out there one estimate puts the count at 1.8 million articles published each year, in about 28,000 journals around the globe. Who actually reads those papers? According to one study, not many people. And that's a quote. Half of academic papers are read only by their authors and journal editors. Folks, that is three people. Toni Morrison said, if there's a book that you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. So that's what I did. It was when I got my doctorate degree in the mail... I finally realized I was not able to attach my self-worth or ego to it. I will never forget the moment I finally got that piece of paper in the mail. Wow, I had waited years and cried endless tears of frustration in my car and bathroom stalls for that piece of paper. Getting your doc can sometimes be like mental boot camp and more of an intellectual initiation process than anything at times. It is rigorous and hard AF That's what she said. Unless the words I share actually contribute to helping humanity in some way, it turns out it's not my inner why. The only reason why I have the doc thing on my book and on this podcast is because my branding agency in New York City told me I really, really need to be the brand and use my credentials. Otherwise, why would someone trust a schlup like me? Writes, in summary, much to my surprise and even expectations, I did not fit neatly into the dock box. And the dog box, shockingly, was not my inner why. I offer meditation and higher self workshops here in Denver. One of the most important things we do together is get to know our inner why. I lead everyone through an exercise that seems really quite simple, but in actuality, it turns out to be a genuine personal challenge. It is important to identify and name your inner why, not just to avoid the number one deathbed regrets of not being true to yourself, but to be able to feel more joy in your life. And at minimum, to know when you lift your head off of your pillow each morning, you are living your authentic truth. All right, class, are you ready to find out your inner why? Let's go. By the way, you get an automatic A. And yes, you are my class favorite. Let's begin. I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to think long and hard about this. Pause the podcast if you need to. The goal here is to identify your inner why with one word. A noun, I emphasize, a noun that describes you in and out. Also that part of you that likely impacts others. That's it. So my friend, the question is who are you? Answer with I am. Take a pause here if you need to. Don't worry, I'll wait. This is a Deepak Chopra exercise. The first time I was asked who are you without hesitation. I knew that I just knew. I responded with my job title, what I do, my roles in life. Also, I'm a mom, I'm a daughter, this is what I do for work, etc. Well, that wasn't quite the right answer. Because responding with what I do or my roles is not who I am. That is not to say being a mom and a daughter is not important. Obviously, it is extremely important. But who was I before I was a mom? Who was I before I grew into what society has shaped and expected me to be? So if you answered the question, who are you, with what you do, or roles you fill, I would like to ask you to please go back to the drawing board here and dig a little deeper. Don't be hard on yourself. Over half of the room does not know their answer to this question either. And most leave the workshops still thinking about it. This is actually a question that can be a process of self-discovery and it might take time. The important thing to remember here is you are more than what you do. Remember, what we do, our roles as adults, are often temporary. Sadly, we can lose those roles. Who we are is evergreen. Who you are is your inner why and your inner truth, or satnam. Here are some examples some of the people who have done this exercise with me have come back with. I am a lover, teacher, healer, creator, helper, nurturer, innovator, leader. If you need to revisit this, please pause here and take another moment to think about your answer to that question. Who are you? Take all the time you need to discover who you are. Do not let yourself go through your precious life without knowing the gift you inherently bring to the world. Did your answer change? What is it? I would love to hear it in the comments. It took me over half of my life to discover my inner why. So I'm so glad you're here right now to connect with our inner truth. My inner why is I am an empowerer. That is who I am. That's my Satnam. Because when I'm spreading sunshine in this world, I feel happy inside. And when I feel happy inside, that is when I am the most creative. That's when I can do things like publish a book or write a podcast or hold meditation workshops uh, that help all of us feel just a bit of relief and motivation and hopefully more joy. I am really so grateful for finally discovering my own inner truth because it has changed my entire life goals, purpose, everything, and it just feels so good. Does this mean that I am on all the time and in the zone? No. Not at all. Life is naturally full of ups and downs and some days I just need to be an introvert and I'm donezo with people. I just need to stay inside and recharge and maybe not interact with that many people and that's okay. We're allowed to recharge our batteries however and whenever we need to and it's important to take care of yourself and allow yourself the time you need. Now that you know your inner why, or at least you're working toward a better understanding of your inner why, we're going to discuss how you can Use it to manifest more joy and hopefully more abundance in your life. You can use your inner why to set a daily vision for how you want to feel during your day. At this point, after exploring our inner why in my workshop, I explain the importance of setting your daily vision. Your daily vision is putting your inner why or Satnam to use. And at this point in the workshop, we talk about the difference between. How having a daily vision is different from having expectations. Dr. Elizabeth Scott reminds us, expectations are what we think will happen, while reality is what actually transpires. While we hope these two match up, they often don't. This disparity of expectations versus reality can often lead to feelings of discontentment and unhappiness. So, expectations refer to the beliefs that you hold about the outcomes of events. Remember, our belief systems can sometimes be referred to as BS. You get the double meaning. While these expectations can play an important role in determining what happens and can contribute to goal directed behavior, they can also lead to disappointment when reality doesn't match with what you hoped would happen. I mean, we've all dated, we've all been disappointed. (laughs) So you can see how the formula, uh, the expectations formula, works out when it comes to reality. In some cases, people might become so attached to their expectations that they're unable to see the reality of a situation. This can prevent them from taking action or making decisions that would be in their best interest. Wow, thank you, Dr. Scott. She is the brightest crayon in the box. Goals are amazing. Don't get me wrong. We need them. They are motivational. My intent is not to trash talk goals, but to remind you of the importance of having a daily vision to focus on how you want to feel in life. In summary, a vision is different from an expectation because a vision of success is not based on what you expect, but rather on how you want to feel. When we feel good, we naturally attract more good into our lives. I emphasize the importance of focusing on your inner truth to set your daily vision each morning before you even lift your head off of your pillow. Remind yourself of who you are. Set a vision for your day where you see yourself feeling really good. Because here's the bottom line. While expectations can set us up for failure and disappointment, it is so important to be at one with your vision of living your inner truth. So in summary, getting in line and setting your daily vision before you even start your day by simply reminding yourself of who you are can be a total game changer. No matter how busy we are, it is completely realistic to set aside that moment before the chaos of your day starts. Tune into yourself. Set your vision for the day. Imagine how you want to feel. Envision and dream of the life you want to feel and experience. Remind yourself of your inner why. Your one word. Your satnam that defines All of what makes you unique and special. Set your vision for how you want to feel. I have sort of a cheat sheet. I have a post-it on my bathroom mirror. Sometimes I'll put the post-it on my laptop next to my keyboard with my inner why. It states that one word that creates and defines and expands my own happiness and even success in my life and voila, that's it. My greatest hope for you is to get to know your inner why. If you don't know what it is right now, don't stop trying. It will come to you and put it to use for you. Let me know how it goes. All right, that's all I have for today. Be kind to others and yourselves, and namaste. Amazing.